You're listening to sermon audio from Grace Mosaic, a congregation of the Grace DC Network in Northeast DC. For more information about our church, visit us online at gracemosaic.org. I recently watched a masterclass that was given by Sarah Blakely, a billionaire businesswoman who started a women's apparel company in 2012. And in this masterclass, she shared the the journey of starting and growing her business. And as she was telling her story, she offered an excellent piece of wisdom. She said that when she first started sharing the idea that she had for her business with her family and friends, they thought she was crazy. They tried to discourage her. They tried to get her to come back to her senses, as it were. And then she said this wise thing. She said this, quote, it's important to know your purpose. If you start with the why and you stay connected to it, that will fuel you through this very intense, very difficult journey. Sarah Blakely was able to endure the discouragements of others because she stayed connected to her why. She was able to survive the doubts of her family and friends because she stayed connected to her why. She was even able to press on through her own doubts because she stayed connected to her why. Today we finish our series on the church through the book of Ephesians. And at the very beginning of our series, we noted that many people have given up on the church, opting for low church or even churchless Christianity. Some people have been disappointed by the church and have grown cynical of the church. Others have been hurt by the church, and this has left them with a bad taste in their mouth for the church. But we've also noted through this series that despite its failures, Despite its wrongs, despite its errors, its sins, and its shortcomings, Jesus loves the church. And if we're going to be followers of Jesus in the truest sense of the word, then we must love the church like Jesus loves the church. But how? How can we do this? How can we love the church in this cultural moment? How can we commit to this institution and meaningfully participate in its beautification and its work? I think Sarah Blakely would tell us that we need to stay connected to our why. Staying connected to our why is what will fuel us through this very intense, very difficult journey. You will be able to endure the discouragements of others if you stay connected to your why. You will be able to press on through the doubts of your friends, your neighbors, and your co-workers if you stay connected to your why. You'll even be able to survive your own doubts if you stay connected to your why. And that why is given to us in our text. Grace be with all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with love incorruptible. 
The great why to which we must remain connected is love for our Lord Jesus Christ. We're not called to love the church because it is good or does good. We're not called to love the church because it's familiar or we were raised in it. We're not called to love the church because it has good music, encouraging services, or because it creates good community. We're called to love the church out of love for the Lord Jesus. If we set out to love the church based upon anything else, that love will not last and it may not even begin. No, the why of our love for the church is our love for the Lord Jesus. And the how is grace. It's in the text. You see it in the text? Paul prays for grace over the lives of those who, quote, love our Lord Jesus Christ with love incorruptible. You see, incorruptible love for Christ necessarily leads to love for the church. It is that grace that enables us to love the church like Jesus loves the church. And earlier in the letter, Paul prays with thanksgiving for their faith in the Lord Jesus and their love for all the saints. Paul sees an intimate connection between our love for the Lord Jesus and our love for the church. In fact, Paul would say that if you do not love the church, it calls into question your love for the Lord Jesus. They are two sides of the same coin. And, and this is the way in which we need to cut against the grain of a culture that is growing increasingly cynical toward institutions, increasingly cynical toward commitment, increasingly more committed to community on my terms, cafeteria community. So long as it serves me, then I'll be a part. But when it starts demanding more than I think it's giving me, I'm out. Incorruptible love for Christ necessarily leads to love for the church. In fact, this is Paul's point in his most famous writing of all. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Now, I know we like to have this at weddings and stuff. And that's not wrong. But that's not the context. The context of 1 Corinthians 13 is something we need to hear this morning. Before he gets to his famous teaching on love, y'all, Paul asked the Corinthians a series of questions in order to lead them to his teaching on love. In chapter 11, verse 22, he asked the Corinthians this question. Listen carefully. Do you despise the church of God? What shall I say to you? Shall I commend you in this? No, I will not. See, their use of their gifts was tearing them apart. Their commitment to social standing was tearing them apart. Their commitment to living into what other people think about them and being slaves to what other people have to say about them, that was tearing them apart. But Paul tells these Corinthians that none of them can say to another in the body, I have no need of you. Essentially what Paul says is this. He says, it's great to exercise your gifts in the church, but let me tell you a more excellent way, Christian. 
And this more excellent way is about life in the church. It's about life in the church. Let me put it in context, y'all. Let me put it in context. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love for the church, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love for the church, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love for the church, I gain nothing. Love is patient with the church and kind toward the church. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful toward the church. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. Love for the church. The writer of Hebrews tells the church that God is not unjust so as to overlook your work and the love that you have shown to his name in serving the saints. God is not unjust to overlook your love expressed in service for the church. And he concludes, let brotherly love continue. Peter tells the church having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart. Have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly since love covers a multitude of sins. The writer of Hebrews is talking about the church. Paul is talking about the church. Peter is talking about the church. The Apostle John tells the church, For this is the message that you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. We know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brothers. And this is the commandment. This is his commandment, that we believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as he has commanded us. The one another's are about the church. It's never to be conceived of in isolation, just isolated Christians. It's about the church. But where did the apostles get this love for the church? They got it from Jesus. Jesus taught it throughout the Gospels. He demonstrated it in his life, but he teaches this most memorably in his restoration encounter with Peter after the resurrection. Jesus hosts Peter at breakfast, and then he asks him three times, do you love me? And after each of Peter's responses, Jesus replies, then feed my sheep. But this question is, is simply delineating the way in which Peter's love for Jesus is to work out in his responsibility to the church. Do you see that? It's not just about his isolated role as a shepherd in the flock of God. The bigger picture is that 
He's telling Peter, your love for me must issue in you living into your responsibility to my church. And that question echoes down to each one of us this morning. Do you love me? Do you love me? Then embrace your responsibility to my church. Belong to the church. Serve the church. Worship with the church. Feast with the church. Love the church. But as you do, stay connected to your why, which is love for the Lord Jesus, who blessed the church with every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies, who called the church into creation, who adopted the church and married the church, who bought the church with his own blood, who redeemed the church, forgave the church, and will one day, hallelujah, perfect the church. Peace be to the brothers and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with love incorruptible. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, thank you. Thanks for listening to this podcast from Grace Mosaic. For more information about our church, visit us online at gracemosaic.org.